We're recording. And saving. And adjusting. Mic on? Mics are on. <clears throat> Mics are hot. Let <laughs> me clear that. Ma, ma, ma. P5-O-Phone, P5-O-Phone. How now? Mary had a little lamb, little lamb, little lamb. <laughs> brown cow. Brown, brown cows, brown cows. Cows went brown. Okay. Three, two, one. And we're live. We are live. I think we were live three seconds before you said that. But. That's how they do it in the, in the pros. Do they do that? I'm pros. No. No. But not even close. But. To be. I think we are a little bit more professional than we were last time because we got this whole podcast set up on Anchor. That is true. 100% hopefully, better each time. Hopefully this podcast's audio is the best we've ever had. I think it might be. Yeah. This podcast is a, that's a first for this podcast, you know, getting it on what, Anchor. What, what is the podcast? <sighs> This is the Ladoo cast. Welcome to the Ladoo cast. You know why? You know why this is the Ladoo cast? Because we're just a couple of dudes. A couple of dudes. There's a couple of dudes. And this podcast is a first of minis. There's a lot of firsts going on here. Mm-hmm. First podcast on Anchor, right? That's true. First podcast at my new apartment. That's true. Um First time cooking. First time cooking. First time at night. First time at night. We usually do this in the morning. First time I had to worry about wearing socks instead of shoes. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be bare feet, you know. And you know what? They're not even going to see my feet. I'm pretty sure the camera wouldn't and we don't even post video. <laughs> I was concerned about my feet. And you were concerned about your feet last yeah. time. And so, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Well, it's very hard, I think, to have a serious discussion about literature when you're barefoot. You know? I think, yeah. You're exposing yourself a little too much at that yeah, point. Maybe you got to be, like, in a field on LSD and then it's like, <laughs> then you can take LSD. the socks off. And that is a great segue into... The book we we read, yeah, and the book we read was Junkie by William S. Burroughs. Yes. Um, did I say that last name correct? Mm-hmm. To my knowledge, yeah, Burroughs. Um, co- so because you know a little bit more about this book than I do, right? How about you tell us a little bit? Yeah, I mean, so I don't know if I know more about the book. I definitely might know a little bit more about the Beat Generation, um, which is the generation of writers that he's in. So what does got, that mean? What is, so what, when you say beat generation, what does that mean? It just means like a bunch of uh, you know literary guys in the fifties who were just breaking away from tons of norms at the same exact time. Okay. And they all kind of found each other and kind of um, like a counterculture to li- like yeah the, the... yeah. So I don't know what would be equivalent now. Um, I don't know, but it, these guys were um, you know they were trailblazers. Very, trailblazers, very into like weed and like jazz music and. Um, experiencing things. Yeah, William S. Barrows is a part of that culture, and so like it would be um, him and who else? Uh, Jack Kerouac, uh, Allen Ginsberg. Those are the two biggest names. Um, and Jack then, Kerouac. Mm-hmm. Is he the writer of On the Road? Correct. Yeah. Yes. So that's his most famous, and then he's got Dharma Bums and a bunch of other books. What is On the Road? Because you lent me that book. But um, you've always said it's a really good book, and I've heard a lot of good things about it, not even just from you, but from other people, other books, book circles and stuff have promoted that book heavily. That's a pretty good book, right? What is, well, yeah, it's actually, I wanted to kind of bring that up and talk to you about it, so um, it's fun. Should to we read, say that then? Should no, not that? at all. It's fun to read this book and to have also read that book, because mm-hmm. it's like, um, in On the Road, you know, they stop and they see William S. Burroughs in New Orleans, and they, they interact with them and in Mexico and everything. And I feel like that book is kind of like um, the pop culture, like super big success. Like this is the story from like you can see from the yard and, you know, into the living room window. Right. And then like reading this, I was like, oh, this is like the rinky like back door into the story of the beats. And so I, it's kind of interesting for me to be like you've read this book first. And like if you ever uh, read the other book, it's like. To kind of see how um, how it like 
taking in the information that way is different from how I did. So is, are you saying that it's kind of like if you read On the Road, that's a book that you can share with your sister or your mother or your father, and then this one's yeah. like the one that you share with your buddy. This junkie book is like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I would say this is... <laughs> Let's, yeah. yeah, this book is kind of like that book's shadow, you know? Like, mm -hmm. if you want to use like a psychological term, I would say it's kind of like that, where, you know, these the way Jack Kerouac says it is like, we were going around on the road, like... Every girl we had sex with was beautiful. All the scenes were beautiful. Every time we, you know, got in trouble or got rose-colored like, glasses, yeah, rose-colored glasses. And this one is just like, like it was grungy, gritty, yeah. yeah. So nasty. I would say that's kind of how the, the difference is. And then also, like, I don't think any of them were like super big heroin users. Um, you know, I think William definitely outclassed him in that in that regard. So, did you read the book front to back? Uh, yeah. Like all the because so there's like let's say there's how many pages is in it? Two. I will say maybe like 180, and then like so it's a 180 page book, mm -hmm. and then maybe about 140, 150 pages are like William S. Burroughs stories, and then the rest of it's kind of like appendixes. Yeah, and like a glossary. And, yeah. Another Did you like the glossary? I had to refer to the glossary maybe a couple of times because some of those drug terms were a little dated. But which, which ones? Um, let me think. If I can. I just think it's funny, like reading the one where it's like, if you're hip, you're this and this and this, and it just like from our perspective, it just sounds dumb. Yeah. Um, let me think. Let me see here. Or like kick it, kick it. Jitters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, some of them are just like outdated. What was the big one? There was one mostly that like he kept referring to. And I was T. Like, what is that? Yeah, tea. Calling marijuana tea, yeah. right? That's what Kerouac does that as well. Huh. Yeah, never had heard about that. Heard of that in my life. There's just a few, but so you read it all, even the appendixes. Yeah, you... I will say that I probably did a pretty like high school like, oh, I gotta finish this book so I can do the podcast, read on it. Like, yeah. I feel like it's a little bit rushed. Well, that's probably a little bit more than you and I did because I didn't read any of the appendixes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was gonna ask you on here, like, what was that about? Um... But yeah, let's just get into it. What was this? Well, book why don't about? you you should you should walk through the plot. I think you're, okay. you're pretty good at that. To plot loosely, loosely. Like I feel like yeah, this book was kind of a collection of short drug stories, mm -hmm. but it was done in a way that was like linear. You know, it wasn't just like a story here, a story there, a story back there, a story mm -hmm. over there. It, was, it all had like a you know cause and effect. Yes, yeah, so a start and an end. And so, basically, it's just this guy, and I, I also couldn't tell if this was a true story. Is yeah, I would say now? I would say this is like semi bi autobiographical. Yeah, yeah, because like in the beginning, there's like two introductions. Right, there's like an introduction and a mm -hmm. prologue, mm -hmm. and in that, uh, some guy that knows William S. Burroughs is writes that. This is kind of based on them. It could be a true story. Some of these stories could be true. Yeah, I'm going to say could this Could it is... be true? And I'm just like, what does that mean? I'm going to guess that this is heavily relied upon yes. real experience. Based on a yeah. true story. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I guess this guy, then, I'll just refer to it from his point of view, then. This book, he first starts out in New York, and he's doing drugs. He, like, slowly gets integrated into the drug scene and everything. How did you feel about his, like, uh, description of, like, the first time he ever did heroin? <sighs> Refresh my memory. I just really liked the language, and he was like, um, you know, the first time I ever he didn't shot. didn't need to, right? He just it was something, like, and like, eh, he's like, you feel eh. it, you feel it behind your knees, and then you feel it in your yeah. neck, and then he did, yeah, all of your tissue really gets relaxed. I remember reading that, just like, oh god, I'm about to get in on this book. It's like, <laughs> like this is a total druggy book. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's like in the first few pages. Um, anyway, go on. Yeah, so like, he gets like integrated into the New York drug scene. And he's doing a lot of bad things. And he eventually gets out of the New York scene, right? And he gets better. He goes to rehab. He gets better. And he goes to Texas for like a couple months. And then he finds his way to New Orleans. And he falls back in the same habits in New Orleans, yeah. right? He, he starts doing drugs again. He immediately, you know, he says that, you know, a junkie can find another junkie. Like, mm -hmm. like you know. Person can 
like clovers on the ground. Um, and so he gets back in the scene. He gets in trouble there, so he gets out of New Orleans, and he's running from the law, and so he goes down to Mexico. And in Mexico... As one does. As one does when you're trying to escape the law. Do yeah. they extradite in Mexico, though? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't keep up to date. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> yeah, I if Mexico's that's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Snowden didn't find his way to Mexico because yeah. they probably actually. Anyways, um, so he get, goes to Mexico. Granted, this book is all based in 1950s, 50s, 40s, yeah, 50s, 40s, because they loosely mentioned the war. I think at yeah. one point, like, hope I don't get drafted. Yeah. So the Beat Generation's like, I just, I just put it in my brain, 50s. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it's between like forties and forties and sixties, yeah. Right. So yeah, he ends up in Mexico, running from the law, and when he's in Mexico, he just lets his body have it. Like mm-hmm. he's abusing, I feel like, a little bit of everything because down there and I knew this, did you know that in Mexico you can get a prescription for anything? Like you can just go into a pharmacy and just be like, Hey, I need this. And they'll no, I didn't know that. No. Yeah, they'll give you anything. A lot of people will go down there to get steroids because it's just over the counter here. Mm. Pretty much any drugs. You can go down there and get all types of prescription pills. Um, and so, yeah, that's what he does. He gets like a like a quick prescription for like morphine. It's the most morphine he's ever had in his life mm-hmm. <laughs> down there. So obviously he goes off the deep end and... Yeah, that's pretty much the story. It's just like I said about a collection yeah. of. And then he goes even further stories. down. Like, yeah, goes down to the depths of hell. Obviously. Yeah. Um, what were your reactions to some of the book? Mm, I think like a lot of it was intertwined with, uh, you know, reading some of the other authors, especially Jack Kerouac, and just being like, Yeah, that must have been really. Like those guys have been really. They cool looked up to this guy a little bit, and then. Oh really. Like, he was just like the fun old guy, right? You know, like, because William Burroughs is older than all of them. And I think they all, I mean, they were all having sex. Like, I think Ginsburg and Burroughs. Like gay sex. Yeah, they were all having, like, gay sex. Yeah. And, like, yeah, that kind of caught me off guard, especially being that it and was like, from, like he, the 40s and 50s. Yeah, and, and he has like, a wife, and he talks badly about, like, his word fags. Yeah. So it's like, there's a whole thing going on there that I think is tied up in drugs and drug culture and just, like, Oh, for sure. Well, yeah. that's kind of that. That was an interesting juxtaposition for me when I read that. Like, he would discriminate against fags, yeah. but then he would have he would talk about having sex with men like very positively. Yeah, and he wouldn't think that he was bad for that and stuff. Well, and but I, I think that was for the time. You know, in the time, mm-hmm. you like there was such a stigma against homosexuality that. Everybody had it. Even if they were a little gay or a little bi, they were still, like, really hateful towards themselves or yeah. others. Yeah, and I think that's, like, I tied that all up. But it's up. also tied up into the drugs, like you said, yeah. Yeah, I tied that all up into, like, what, because a lot of it is just about, like, addiction. And, like, yeah. what is addiction when you really, like, boil it down and it's, like, you know, there's a lot of, like, shame and self-loathing and a lot of things going into Seeking it. Seeking immediate gratification. Yeah, and so it's, like, I think a lot of that, like, you know the the gayness, I guess, for him. It's gayness. to what ex- yeah. <laughs> to what extent is it sexuality? And to what extent is it just like society hates this? I hate myself, mm. but it feels good. And he's got a line in there somewhere where he's just like, um, "What if all pleasure is just relief from pain?" Or it's like, "What if uh, something like that? Like, what if pleasure is only just a relief? Like, what if relief and pleasure are the same thing?" So it's like your zero is always negative, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Which I, is probably true. I mean, yeah. I would probably agree with that statement. Life is suffering, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Are we going to get into this? <laughs> <Do we wanna laughs> <get into> this? <laughs> I would say life is suffering and life is miserable. Yes, but like in a in but in a moment of stasis, if like you know, you can make your you. It's up to you to like live in that choice of like do I feel miserable or do I am I going to see the bright side of it sure but that's you know the mindset but I think life is suffering that saying is pretty objective like you're waking up every day and your back hurts yeah 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 your, your feet hurt from standing well, I mean, he talks about that too painful, it's like, like the moment painful. you stop growing you're dying it's like oh, oh for okay. sure so uh, that's a common I would say that's a common idea as well you know you gotta you gotta learn you gotta keep learning all your life you gotta be a lifetime learner so you can uh, don't have that brain diminish <laughs> how many times can but, I say that in a different way 
But yeah, I was, I think reading the book and like, I can't read this and like talk about it without just being like, hey, like I'm four months and like 20 something days sober, no nothing. Good for you. And like, I wasn't like super crazy, like heroin addict, but like, um, you know, I had my own things. And so it's like, I definitely understood like a lot of this stuff in kind of a, in kind of a real way. So it's like reading it, it was a little bit just like. I don't know how I felt, to be honest with you. A little bit was like, I don't need this. Like, I don't need to know this stuff. Because it's, like, kind of stuff I felt like, like, oh, like, I get it. Like, you know. So, like, there was a little bit of, um, since I can't put my finger on it, there was just tension, you know, for me reading this book. And I think I told you this, like, a couple weeks ago. Like, I don't like it. Like, you know, like, I'm reading this. It's like, this is not what I'm trying to, like, you know. It's, it is kind of. It's not. It's, not, it's um, romanticized a little bit. And like, it's not a pleasurable book. Like you don't read yeah. it and you feel good about yourself and mm-hmm. feel good about it. It's it's the book kind of reminds me of like the movie Requiem for a Dream. Have you seen that? Yeah, a Requiem of a Dream, something like that. It's, it kind of reminds me of that movie or like Train Spotting. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. It reminds yeah. me of both those movies. Like after you watch those movies, you're like, ooh, I feel gross. I need to take a shower. It's kind of the same thing reading this book. Just you know. It's, in literature form, it's just, you, you feel, ugh. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, for me, it was, I, if I would have read this in high school, or even, like, early college, I would probably would have been, like, yeah. Definite you, different album. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. mm, I get it, like, drugs are tough and cool, and it's, like, the only way you can become a writer and stuff, and, like, yeah. now I'm just, like, I'm, like, I don't, I don't know, it's, it, it didn't feel, like, the writing itself, like, that's what I was taking out of it. Like, I, I knew going in, like, okay, I'm not going to get, like, plot or, like, a life-affirming story here. And, like, um, but, like, the writing itself and having him, like, you know, just to get into that world felt nice. And I was thinking about it um, in the shower, actually, like, before I came over, I was like, how, how do I talk about this, like, plot or, like, story for whatever it is? And it's, like, in my head, I kind of was thinking a lot of stories are, like, roller coaster rides where it's, like, we're gonna take you and you're gonna crank up and we're gonna crash you down and flip mm-hmm. you around and like you're gonna end up and mm-hmm. you got this thing but like junkie doesn't feel that way it kind of feels like one of those like haunted moat rides where it's like get in it's like no loopy loops or no nothing and you just go from like one creepy like yeah. thing and then you turn the corner it's another creepy thing it's just kind of like okay yeah it would be like I guess one of those free falls that just falls yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, this this book was uh, it was pretty dark for me. I feel like because while I used to do drugs, I used to do not drugs, not hard drugs. You know, smoke a little weed, do some other party drugs, social drugs, but never anything hard. You know, never like needles and stuff like this guy mostly did. But um, I still like the book a little, a decent amount, not a lot, a decent amount. Because I feel like it kind of dived into the psychology of a junkie. Because mm-hmm. at the very beginning, the first part of the story, when he's in like New York, he, like most of the time, he's like, I don't feel good about this. You know, you could tell in the writing, he was just like, ah, I'm hesitant about doing this, ah, I'm hesitant about doing that. And then as the story progresses, he gets more and more um, impulsive and reckless and selfish and. Yeah just actions are normalized yeah he's just getting really more and more dark so I think in that way it definitely shows you the psychology of a junkie yeah. like how they how they mm-hmm. perceive things how they mm-hmm. you know expect things to be and I thought the book was really good in that way yeah and that was something that I kind of I really resonated with as well like alcohol was my main problem like I did other things but like alcohol was like the thing that sure. got it all going, sure. right? Why not? And, like, um, the thing he talks about, and I can't remember where, I think this was the prologue or something, but he's talking about, like, um, you know, like, junk or heroin, it turns you into a plant. And it's, like, because you're in, you don't feel pain. You're a bad. And you're, yeah, Most of the time, you're just slumped on a couch. But, like, alcohol, it, like, does all those opposite things where it's, like, it really, like, brings out the animal side and stuff. And I was, like, that's totally true. Like, libido skyrockets, decision yeah. skyrocket. Like, you it's a depressant, but it's definitely, like, a yeah. social party but de- depressant. What I started to, like, what I kind of was getting was, like, when he's saying something like a junkie knows where he is, like, 
a junkie knows other junkies by like the feel or like you know you can walk into a place and just know that you're kind of near it um i got that a lot with like alcohol it's like especially when you've been to hundreds of bars and hundreds of like house parties or something it's like you can walk into a place and be like I know what's going on you in that room. You know who's the drunk. I know uh, what's going on in that room behind that door. I know what's, oh, I know, you know, who's been at this bar this long. I, know, I can see that guy from across the room. Yeah, he's going to be in trouble. He's going to be trouble in yeah. about 25 And like, minutes. oh, I, or I know for me, it's like, I can walk into a place and be like, oh, I can take my limit to this place and then I'll get kicked out of the bar. You know, like, <laughs> like I can, but for, That's a fun way to look at things. But like, no, that's what I'm saying. It's like, this is that kind of vibe and like, you kind of have that like, you can, you know, an alcoholic can kind of tell, right? And yeah. it's like, uh, that's that's something that like I was kind of resonating with with the junkie bit was just like, oh, like, like you do kind of have that like, it's a feel. Like you can't really get into it, but it's like, you know when you're around people who are all mm-hmm. kind of like, we're all on the edge, aren't we? Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? We're all seeking something, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a, it's an interesting book. It's definitely interesting. I mean, for me, there was a couple different times where I had to stop and um, like reassess because I don't know about you, but I've had a number of friends that have either gone to prison because of an addiction problem or died from an addiction problem. Um, so there was a couple times where I was reading it and like I was just thinking too hard about specifically two friends that had passed away um, due to an addiction. And so like for that, it was really hard. And so I'm like, I'm thinking like, who would this book be for? You know, you know, it's probably targeted towards a a younger audience, kind of. Like you said, like in college, you'd read it and be like, oh, wow, like, you know, drugs are cool. Mm -hmm. But to people that have gone through a struggle with seeing somebody dive into hell head first because of a heroin problem or a alcohol problem, you know, it's very, it's very rough to read. Yeah, and, like, that's that's one of the big reasons I, like, kind of had a turnoff about it was because it's, like, I mean, just look at the cover. Like, they just make it, like, junky, we're, like, yeah. fun, crazy, whatever. Yeah. When it's, like, you know, you could have just had it all black and had the word junky. And, like, oh, I know, like, you're getting into a totally different book, right? <laughs> yeah. And so it's, like... <laughs> it's colorful. It, it grabs the eye. The book yeah, and it's, it's got, like, that edgy, like, Charles Bukowski, yeah. like, whatever, like, you know, suffering is cool, man, like, kind of vibe. And, like... Like I said earlier, like, I think maybe in high school or something I've been into that and like, because I hadn't experienced any of my, like, any life. So it's like, you kind of like seek movies and books, but it's like, you said, it's like, oh, I've, I've known people, I've gone through a certain degree of this. It's like, you know, I don't know what the book is for me, uh, other than just someone who's really like been steeped in it deeper and can explain it. But he doesn't like... Like, and you can watch interviews with him. He's like, junk's not that bad. <laughs> you know? <It's> like, <laughs> he's, he's like, there's no health problems. Or, or, you know, I thought, look at me. Yeah. He did kind of live a long, longer life, right? I'm not just making that yeah. up. It seemed like he lived to, like, 80s or something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he says that, like, he, he'll say things like that where it's like, so-and-so wouldn't have lived till 70 unless they had opium or something. You know, like, and he'll justify it. And then, like, I've seen interviews where people are like, but you lose your soul, and he's just like, yeah. like you know, it's like, sure. was well, so it there? You know, it's very um, like nihilist, and what's the word that I'm looking for for people hedonistic, mm-hmm. where it's just yes, like, definitely it, hedonistic. So much hedonism, like mm-hmm. and like, um, I think that that is like a huge part of addiction is just like what feels good, what yeah, how, you seeking know. pleasure in the immediate, exactly. not caring about tomorrow. And so like that's why I was a little turned off because I was like, I'm glad, I'm glad we went through it. And it was a good kind of just like, you know, check mark uh, for me uh, intellectually. But like, um, yeah, it's, I, it's hard to take something out of it. But I think um, it, if you've lived a certain life, whether you have it deeply experienced it, it probably is good. Or you haven't experienced it at all, you can probably read it in like an edgy way, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a gritty book, like I said. Um, not much more to it other than that <laughs> like I said I feel like it's a collection of short stories about a drug addict do you think you would ever do heroin a completely safe scenario like you, no. knew, you knew everything would be fine or... yeah. no I don't need to I don't want to veg out I don't want to be on a couch slumped like I don't care how good that feels because yeah. it's just a very like short 
finally feeling good and then you're like oh okay i guess i need more yeah i mean it is i've talked to people who've done it and like to the way they talk about it is like it's just better than anything ever it's like and the it's better than like sex best food best anything best whatever and it's like there is kind of that just like gnawing just like you like the, you know, yeah. what, are you, what are you really saying? It yeah. doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about? Yeah, so it's like, there is that, like... Would you ever give it a go? Same question back to you. I don't know. I think I would have to be, like, pretty much done with life. You know what I mean? And, like, fair. You mean, like, retired, like, retired, done In terms done. of, like, age, like, I would have... <laughs> Towards the end of the tunnel. Like, 80 years old. But that might push you over the edge. Into the know. tunnel. That might throw you down the tunnel into the it's light. A, it's a no for me because, like, I just, I truly, like, I have a belief that, like, all that stuff is very, very evil. <laughs> like, evil is pretty much my word for, like, you know, drugs and stuff like that. Mm. No. Um, so it's a no for me. But there's also, I have a very, very, like, curious side of me that's kind of just like, well, what is it? What is it what about? about? Yeah. No, I feel that. Did your definition of a junkie change at all before you read it into, and like, no? Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, I don't think yeah. I had read such a, um, such, like, an account like this, but there was, it was hard for me, like, I think if a book like this came out and it was more modern, I think I wouldn't have read it in, like, I kind of have, like, this built-in, like, 1950s radio voice when I read these types of books <laughs> just because of like the the way that the words they're using and stuff yeah so like there was some detachment there whereas like I think if it was like you know set in a more modern time I would be like oh you know but I was detached I think I might prefer a more modern take on this like if yeah. it was still done in a very high degree because the book well, I say it's gritty and gross and disgusting and hard to read. Mm -hmm. uh, Literature-wise, the way it's written um, is kind of smooth. At least mm -hmm. to me it was. It, it seems like it. He, it's, it's very... I like the way it's written. Mm -hmm. And so if it kept something like that skill at a top level and it was written about today's drug world, I think I'd probably prefer that. Yeah, I can see that preference for myself as well. Have you seen the movie Shame? with Michael Fassbender it's um it's about addiction but it's about sex addiction and it's like a super solid film and it, it kind of reels you in with like ooh sex addiction we all wish we had it we all, that kind of reminds me of uh, there's there's that other sex addiction movie what's it called like uh, the Nymphomaniac yeah. <laughs> yeah so Nymphomaniac's kind of like and this is just my opinion uh, but Nymphomaniac's kind of like the like B-rated like B movie of Shame. Shame is really Shame is deep. Like, sh let me give it a Google search. Yeah, I I would suggest watching it. Um, but Shame. What platform? Do you know what uh, platform that'd be on? I mean, I've got it on my hard drive. I can drag it on the computer. Let me see. It's on. What is that? What is a star emblem? <laughs> iTunes. It's on iTunes. iTunes. That's whack. And why are they using a star? Anyway. So, like, this is about addiction, and it's about sex addiction, and it kind of, there's a pace to it where it's like, oh, like, this guy's super addicted, like, what's gonna happen with him? And you just see, like, I don't think a lot, when people see, like, hear or think about addiction, I don't think they understand how, like, powerless um, yeah. the addict yeah. is, and, like, box, yeah, and sure. like, there was parts of the book where he's like, you know, you start canceling plans and you start doing, you start hurting the people you love and being like, and you just, and like you hate yourself because you can't, you have no control over it but to keep going for like the junk. Mm -hmm. And like, <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of how I felt like at the beginning when he's in New York, like he still had shame. We can say that. Yeah. In yeah. the beginning at the, of the book, he was still shameful of his acts and what he was doing. But by the end. Yeah. And like, that was kind of like a gut punch for me because it's like, oh man, like with alcohol. For sure, I was doing that stuff mm -hmm. where it was just like, whatever they'll you know figure it out tomorrow. I'll be able to talk my way back into this to the relationship, you know, or something mm -hmm. like that. And whatever you damage by the alcohol, yeah. you can, you can yeah. I can get back. <laughs> I can <laughs> like, this. Honestly, like, thank God I was like all the way across the world when I was behaving that way because it was probably like. Because you you and your girlfriend and your girlfriend was living mm -hmm. somewhere else, correct? Just no, I'm just, I'm saying, like, I was away from, like, my deep 
connections with family and friends. Mm. And I don't think I was like, I don't think I was crazy. I think I was just having a blast mm. in a different country. And I just, I don't. I knew what it. My main problem isn't addiction. Um, it's indulgence in a way where it's just like, like I just, once I have a couple, it's like, I'm just going to the max. All of it better be out of the fridge. All, you know, all of my money better be out of my pocket by the time I leave the bar. Like everyone better be at, like as drunk as me. And like, yeah. That no, was kind of, yeah, that was my train that I would hop on. I have that same issue with alcohol, even to this day. Obviously, it's not a big issue. When we talk about this, we don't have problems, I promise. But I'm that person that... Or everyone has problems. Or everybody has problems. I'm that person that will uh, drink and then drink, and then I'll be drunk, and then I can't stop drinking. Is that still going? Good eye. Did I click? Did I click stop? Maybe it only does it in 30 minute segments. Did it? Was it close to 30? It was close to 30. We've still got it going up here. This episode of the Leduc cast <laughs> is brought to you by. I don't want to say her name because she's napping. Yeah, she'll sleep away from it. The one time we get a solid sound thing, it cuts off. Classic. Did it cut off because it's 30 minutes or did it cut off because I moved, your laptop -y? I didn't click anything. I just moved the mouse to because it went to screensaver. Mm -hmm. We'll see. <laughs> Awkward. Should we just continue and then... Yeah, and keep talking. What were you saying? Um, oh, yeah. So so I, get, I drink and then I get drunk. And then it's extremely, extremely hard for me to say no to a drink. Because mm. at that point, if I'm still in the scene, if I'm still doing whatever I'm doing when I started to drink, mm -hmm. then I'm going to need a drink in my hand. I'm going to need something to sip. I'm going to need something to converse about. And then when I do start drinking, I'm a fish. I go, yeah. go, go. I can't stop. Like well, I'll finish a beer every five minutes if you just keep handing me one. Yeah, and that was that was my problem was the thoughtlessness about alcohol, where it was like there would be times where I would say to myself all day, I'm not gonna drink tonight. And like someone would offer me a drink and I yes came out of my head or out of my mouth mm -hmm. and then I would think in my head like that was like muscle memory. That wasn't even like a thought and I had told myself I'm not going to and then it's like, oh, well, I said yes. You know, it's like... like that would be uh, impolite. Yeah. It's either that or for me, it's a lot of... Um... Yeah, so it stops at 30 minutes. Um, what should we do? Should we just... I, I'm going to hit record again. Okay. And then can we sync those two up later? Yeah, I'm going to try to. Okay. I mean, it's still in the library. Okay. And you can, like, extract it and... I can extract it. I can extract it. Okay, okay, okay. You don't have to yell at me. Okay, so what were we talking about? Um, yeah, so for me... Continue from where we were prior to having good sound. Cause okay. I'll just, I'll just try to fix it all. What I was saying was... Uh, wait, so start right. Continue where we were talking in real life. Okay, so yeah, so for also for me it's like... Um, I justify things a little yeah. too easy. It's like for me, like what you were saying, um, I'll be like, okay, I'm not going to drink tonight. I'm not going to drink tonight. But then if I do a lot of stuff, I get a lot of stuff handled during the day, you know, and I'm feeling like I'm on top of things by that night. I'm like, well, I knocked it out of the park today. I'm going to have myself to drink. See, and that's, and it's too easy of a justification to, but that's what, that's what twisted, that's what twisted in my brain was like, we celebrate our life and our successes by literally punishing our body <laughs> right. and punishing our senses and yeah. punishing everything that like we should be cherishing and like treating nicely. Yeah. And like that's where I totally got out of whack. Temples, right? These bodies, well, these vessels. Like not these, even this boss. It just got weird. It just got weird for me where like everything was perverted and twisted and it was all tied up in like selfishness, really shame and selfishness and just uh, guilt and you know I think like uh, I think a lot of like what junkies might go through is kind of like 
um, you know, you really do have to kind of confront that stuff. And like, the only way, and I think I told you this when I was kind of going through those decisions that I made, it, the only way to kind of like come to peace with your past is to change your behaviors. Because it's like, once you change your behaviors, yeah. then all of that stuff you did in the past, you can markedly say that this is not me anymore. Well, that's, that's easier said than done, right? It's like, change your behavior. You know, you hear that everywhere. Change your behavior. It's just like, okay, but how? And it's like, what you really have to do is you got to eliminate the triggers in your life. So, like, if you had a problem with, uh, let's just say, uh, alcohol. We'll, we'll go to alcohol. Say so you had a problem with alcohol and, you know, you drive past a bar every day after you get off work on your way home and you see that bar that you like and so you go into it all the time. You have to eliminate that trigger. You have to take a different route. You have to go somewhere else. You can't You can't see that bar or else you're going to be like, oh, I kind of want to go do that. Or you, you can't put yourself in a position where you want to see, you know, alcohol that makes you want to drink, you know, like, yeah. You, that's how you change your behavior. That's that's definitely like the starter of how you change your behavior. I don't know if that's what you were saying specifically, but well, that's just not how it manifested for me. And I think that I think it would be different for everyone else. I was wanting to quit mentally for like a really long time, honestly. But I was so difficult. I was so as it's coming to me now, it's like I was so interested in managing my ego as opposed to kind of like letting it just go. Mm-hmm. that like and I would manage my ego through like alcohol where it's like I would become like this totally like different person and then nine times out of ten I would wake up with some humility, humiliating thing that humbled me again and it was just well that's kind of, the like, super ego right that's it's, what it's this control like, yeah um but <laughs> honestly like this is gonna sound kind of fucked up but like what worked for me was just taking it to the absolute edge you know it's like that that like See what your limit is. Where's the Where it's threshold? like you catch your son smoking cigarettes. It's like, okay, smoke the whole pack in front of me. That, which is an like, awful thing to do, in my opinion. Don't do that. Yeah, but like, <laughs> don't do that to your I, kids. Yeah, I just, I, I, re- I saw myself one day, and I was just like, just take it to the max, and I just took it to the max, and I felt so awful, so awful, and like, I really just had like a board meeting with every part of myself, and was just like, yeah, like you're not gonna you're not going to accomplish anything unless you just stop. And like, yeah. but I, I don't, I don't know if I would have responded to anything other than me telling, like getting to that really like bottom. Do you, so would you classify yourself as like an alcoholic? Probably. Yeah. yeah. I'm an alcoholic for sure. Dude, honestly, so, I'm not saying I won't have a drink ever well, in the future. That was going to be the next question because but, you know, they say like, especially with alcoholism, uh, you have to stop cold turkey. not yeah, stop cold turkey, and then you could probably never have a drink again, or else you're going to fall back into those same things. Do you have that fear, or do you think because you said I, you just said so that you would probably have a drink again in your life? Maybe not this no, year. No, I, I, I was gonna say I'm. I don't know if I will have a drink again in the future. I just know I'm not gonna have one today, which is just kind of like fair. the common maxim that everyone says, and I find that it works for me. Like nine times out of ten. 10 times out of 10 so far, any time I've had like an inkling to like go party or go have a drink or something, I just give it an hour. Mm-hmm. And usually after an hour, I'm like, yeah, actually, I, I'm fine now. Like, You're right. I didn't need to do that. Whatever that thing that had me like this, I'm kind of chill about again. Um, that, that's fair saying like, you know, I don't know if I'll drink tomorrow, but I'm not going to drink today. That's fair right, because at say, that point, yeah. like, you know, if you're, if you're, you're like, okay, I'm not going to drink all this week. You're kind of setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. Because if you do drink, then then you're not at square one. You're at, you know, negative. You took five steps back because now you have so much shame and guilt because you failed yourself even yeah. more so. And, it, and it's just, it's all about that. Like, and that's what, I haven't been to any AA meetings. And, I, and I've talked to some AA people and they're all like, you need to get in a meeting. You need to get, so that's probably like still me not fully admitting I'm an alcoholic. But, um, I don't, like, if, let's say, for instance, if I have a drink again in the future, which I might, I don't know, if I do, and I have, like, a great time, and I'm hanging out with my friends, and I just have a blast, and I'm dancing again, and I'm, like, loving life, and take the shirt off, and do all my crazy stuff. I saw the roses and, and butterflies again. Yeah, and I, and I wake up the next day, I guarantee you, I wake up that next day, and the hangover will just bring the anxiety back, 
It will bring the guilt back. It will bring back things that I did 10 years ago. Sure. You know, and it's just like, I know that. Yeah, and you it's don't like, have to live that. Why would it's you like, want to? It's that, it's that day tomorrow that is just like, that's what's ingrained in my head is that fear. And like, I don't want to ever not get the job I want or to like say what I really feel or to like, you know, not have clarity in my life because of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's been one of my biggest fears for the longest time is not reaching my potential. Oh, that I is such a big fear for me. The other two, I have like three main fears. The other two are uh, spiders and STDs. <laughs> no, I mean that's a huge thing was the, the not reaching potential. And on it, I can genuinely say that like all throughout like college and stuff, I was like partying's the way, and like there's a beast inside. Two three days ago. Every once a week, I do this probably easily. I will look at hashtags for nightlife around the world and raves. <laughs> What's everybody doing? And I would just, just gotta live vicariously. I would just think bit, in my you? head, Austin. I would think in my head, I've got enough money right now. I can. I can do that. I could go to Romania and slide into the underground and pop out like every five years to see my family. Go back into the underground. Yeah, you know, and just. I could do that, and you can. You can live that life. But the question of like potential really just always messed me up, where it's like, I don't want to be 40 just being like, I could have did this, but yeah. instead I did You don't, don't want to be Uncle Rico. Yeah, exactly. Oh, football over to the damn hills over yeah. there. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you go to enough parties, and you see those old guys, and you're like, that guy's cool. And then you get closer to his age, and you're like, that guy was a loser. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah so. for sure. Yeah, specifically for me, this is a thing I was thinking about earlier today. Um, so I graduated in December, my undergraduate degree, and I'm starting grad school next month. Congrats. And, thank you. And, you know, I've just had a really big problem mentally over the past couple months, and it's mostly because when I was under in uh, college, getting my bachelor's degree, I would make these decisions, probably unsavory decisions, probably not the best decisions, and when I would talk to myself in the mirror about it, I'd be like, you know what, you're in college. Are you talking about danger, dude? I, I'm in college, yeah, <laughs> I'm in college, it's fine. Girls would ask me, like, you can't do that. I'd be like, it's fine, I'm in college. And yeah. now, you know, I've just had a really big mental problem because I'm not in college right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm not in college right now, so I can't say I'm in college. I'm making bad decisions. Yeah, I mean, that was a, that was a big thing for me, too. I was leaving 25 years old, and I was like, Oh, like I'm kind of on the back end of the 20s and like I want to make sure I've got like my material world and everything all like situated and ready for the next step. Yeah, and like yeah. I'm excited for 30s. I feel like oh, yeah. I feel like cool. a lot of people are so fearful to age. Like I see people my age, 27, 28, 29 that are just like so like scared to be like, "Oh, the 30." Oh, oh. Yeah. And it's like, dude, 30 means you got it together. Like, 30's the the age that everything starts coming together. And, you know, I'm going to be excited for 30. Like, I'm excited for 30. I'm probably going to be really excited for 40 and 50 and 60 because I think numbers have power. I think think they have huge power. Like, you know, when you're 18, huge milestone. 16, huge milestone. 21, huge milestone. And so these numbers in our lives all have power. And 30 has a power. Mm -hmm. And it's... I feel like 30 means it's all coming together. Yeah, it could. And it's different for, I'm really glad you have that outlook. I mean, one of the things in Junkie that he's talking about is like, no one just wakes up one day and decides to be an addict. What happens is that they don't have strong feelings in the other direction. Mm -hmm. So when you don't have strong feelings about not being an addict, you'll do it. And then it's like, oh, if it's around, I'll do it. And then then you're an addict, like after a year, right? I think that's that's one thing like I can say about my life and I think I've lived a dope life but like I don't think I ever like had control over my future I think I've always been very confident that like hey like the future is a crazy wave and I'm pretty good at riding waves where <laughs> so I can handle like, it I, yeah I'm gonna even float I'm gonna kill it even float but even float into one one party to the next yeah, and I was doing a great job but based off you know a scale that like I invented but like now, <laughs> now, but now it's like now that I'm I'm working so hard all the time on like things that I want to do and 
an action in my life, I'm recognizing that like that seems oh, almost like a healthy addiction for you. I make the waves though. Yeah. And like that's where the difference that's is. True. That's what the difference is. It's like oh, I can ride this huge wave, and if it's a small wave, I'll ride that. And it's like at this point, I'm just like the wave's as big as I want it to be. Yeah. And it's like I'm I can decided in this hoe. Yeah. I can make <laughs> this wave I'm huge. Decided and the surfer yeah. in this whole situation. So it's like I've started to just kind of like get that viewpoint and just grind on that. That's great. I have noticed that like you uh, achieving success has become kind of like an, a, a little bit of a vice for you. Not a vice for you, but like it's replaced your old vices. I'll say that. I won't say it's a, it's a new vice, but it's like you have changed from like drinking and partying and doing, you know, those kind of things socially to being like, I want to just achieve. I, think, I want to <laughs> achieve I want to be successful. I think that's true and that's probably how it looks but honestly the change is more geographic than anything. It's like mm-hmm. I genuinely am like, dude, if I was in Tokyo right now, I don't know if I'd be sober and trying to grind out and hustle. I mm-hmm. think I would probably be like, see, hanging out with strangers and getting wasted. Like, well, honestly. perhaps it's, so it's, it's like I came, it was kind of like a restart you know, like yeah. you, you kind of came back to your roots and you're like Alright, maybe I should start picking up the pieces well, a bit. Well, I just realized, like, it's not cool to be, like, it's one thing to be a foreigner and literally living, like, to the extreme of, like, what you want to and be very, very happy and, like, getting wasted and making mistakes then. That's mm-hmm. one thing. But to, like, be in, like, your hometown with people you kind of know and, like, be getting that wasted for, like, no celebratory reason, mm-hmm. it's like, I the setting had changed and it, it totally made, you know... You know, cars are a thing, so it's like now I'm driving, and then respons- I have other responsibilities here and like expectations of people to me. Yeah. And like, you know, when I was uh, abroad, it's like I never had to worry about a ride home. I didn't have to worry about embarrassing my friends, or like we were all doing it, you know? And it's like everybody loved us kind of naturally, but. Yeah. I feel like that's one thing. I was actually thinking about this earlier today without even thinking about the book. It's like, um,. Back in the day when, you know, I was heavy into, you know, doing recreational drugs and drinking a lot and partying a lot when I was a lot younger, obviously, um, I just didn't have any responsibilities. Like, I didn't care one way or another. Like, if I got a girl pregnant, okay, whatever, I don't have a responsibility to, you know. And that's, that's and, or, like, I didn't have, like, a career, like, I didn't have a career, I didn't have, like, a lot of bills or anything. Like, I didn't have any responsibilities, so why would I care about, you know, messing up tomorrow? Yeah, that's the, that's... <laughs> That's the absolute crux. It's like when, and that's really what it was, I guess. When I was over there, I didn't really have a whole lot of responsibilities. You know, mm-hmm. rent was paid. I had a cush job that I couldn't really get fired from. Was making a decent amount of money. I didn't even have like relationships to uphold because it was just like me and like a few people I met there, and they're awesome people. But like, I didn't really have responsibilities outside of anything. You know, everything was taken care of. Yeah. And then it's like I come here, and I, you do, you have responsibilities. That's what life is, and it's like. So it's like that's that's growing up, right? I, I still think you can just slip into Romania, man. I do. Like, honestly, I know. I I remember I said. Well, maybe that could be your thing because um, some sort of Burning Man. Well, well, like here, here yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, here's my thing. Like I, I don't I mean. I don't do anything crazy throughout the year, but. I'll go once a year to a music festival and let, yeah, yeah. And let these flocks well, flow. I'll let this mane down. You know what I'm saying? I Yeah, and I think that's fair. I think people probably need something like that. They need an outlet. Maybe not, uh, you know, a year, like a yearly thing. For Maybe some people don't need a yearly thing, but maybe they need a every five year. Maybe yeah. every ten year they go to a country or maybe they do something that they normally don't do and explore their wild side a little bit yeah. just to touch base, see what it is. And then leave it. No, and I then go, go back to reality. I've been thinking about that a lot recently where I'm just kind of like, how do I have fun anymore? Because it's like... How do you... Well, yeah, you, you talk to me like, how do you reward yourself? How do, yeah, how do I reward myself? You've got like a big promotion. You're like, you in the past... I'd, go get a drink with my friends and yeah. celebrate and that, that's such a big part of life everybody does that it's yeah. not just you and so like I don't even know how to and I'm a little bit fearful of that honestly like I don't know like what what's happens the point, when I get what's the point my of, first million yeah what's the point of having all this money and stuff is it's like it, you know you go somewhere and so that's why I'm like I'm not discount like I might have a drink again and like whatever it, it'll probably be fine but like 
Um, we're gonna look at this. this. Is gonna age so badly. Like I'm gonna go to jail or something. It's like I'll probably drink again. It'll be fun. Age like milk. So I don't know. I'm just. I forget. Drugs are bad. Okay. If you're listening I where to this, I was going with that, drugs but... are bad. Okay. But also, like I said, I feel like they need to be decriminalized. And for the people that don't know, decrim- I mean decriminalization, not um, we're going to sell, not legalization. How do you feel about like Portland, like here's some clean eagles and a testing kit? So I think we, we talked about this a little bit last podcast, just a refresher. Oh, um, it was like, it was Portugal that had a really bad drug problem and really bad heroin problem. Oh, okay, yeah. And yeah, so they decriminalized their drugs. And gave these junkies a place to shoot up safely, but they coupled it with a lot of social programs, and that's what Portland's yeah. not doing. They're not giving them the help. They're just like, yeah, here, yeah, give them the bridge, bridge and the food. Yeah. yeah, show them how to build on their selves. Yeah, that makes sense. So totally into decriminalization, not legalization. I don't want to see that in my local tobacco outlet store. Oh, so but a little bit of cocaine, that'd be cool. Um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, don't want to see that, but decriminalize all those drugs. There's no reason we should be putting people that have a drug problem behind bars. Yeah. And also, do, like, do you know the tragedy of Gary Webb? Like, the whole drug war is terrible. Do you know the tragedy of Gary Webb? I've been thinking about this a lot lately. No, I don't. Just long, long, long story short, people can go look this up. This journalist uncovered that the CIA was allowing the South American drug lords in the late 80s to bring in cocaine to the states so they could fund a war against communism in Nicaragua. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I've this guy, this. Gary Webb, was a journalist, small, small-time journalist in California. He found this out, that the CIA was doing that. They completely ruined this man's life. They decredited him, they made, they got him fired from his job, and then years later, he ended up dying from uh, suicide, which was two bullets to the back of the head. And then like a year or two later after that, the CIA, after all the smoke blew over, the CIA came out and was like, yeah, yeah, we did do that. He was right. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. I'm sick of these letter agencies. That was agencies. a different director. Yeah, I'm sick of these letter agencies. I'm, I'm over them. The CIA, the FBI, the CDC. Well, I'm over all of them. We're not going to talk about that. Well, what's, but... the, what's the next B-O-O-K? So, let's recap. We did... We did... We've talked about... Love. Ethan Hawke. We talked about Ethan Hawke's journey. Of... Sex and adultery. Sex and adultery and infidelity. And then we went and figured it out. With we we figured it out with the art of loving. And I don't know about you, but I'm a master at love now. I know everything yeah, there is to know about love. Um, there's nothing more to learn for me. That's why I'm just not a loving person and don't have a significant other. Um, because I'm just a master of it. Um, last week, we had a bunch of short stories that we discussed. Topics yeah. with drugs and also love for sight. Then we got in, Then we went deep into the drugs and addiction. Maybe maybe we do that. We read a problematic book, and then we read like a psychological like answer, right? Because we we read a book that was like, and then we jumble it up. We jumble our ideas up with short stories. Perhaps. How does that rhythm sound? Sounds great. The problem is finding that book. We can find kind of like a self help book about addiction for sure, or just like. Robert Downey Jr. have a memoir? I don't know. You know who I'd like to read? Um, I wouldn't mind, because maybe we should move away from drugs as the main topic, but maybe we could find like an autobiography yeah. of somebody that dealt I with do. it and came out the other end. I like Craig Ferguson. Um, I feel like I've heard of him. He was a late night, he's Scottish late night talk show host uh, for CBS after Letterman for like decades. Yeah. Um, he actually helped me a lot when I was like trying to like one of the first things I did getting sober was just find out like try to get new heroes mm-hmm. because all of my heroes were like you know drug addict <laughs> suicide people wilders yeah so I was like who are like sober people I can look up to and I actually found a lot um, and he was one of them but 
Yeah, I'd like to not talk about drugs and uh, anymore yeah. too. Let's go for a hard switch. Hard left. Popular books. That's what I'm going in. Although, like, I will say... Harry Potter. I will say, like, I really enjoy... Like, I didn't really enjoy it. But I do like the movies like Train Spotting and Wrecking on Green. And, yeah, you, and what's what's the other book? The Johnny have Depp, you seen Into the Void? Maybe. Oh, Fair Loathing. Like, Fair Loathing's... Like, Fair Loathing was probably more so like junkie than transbody and wrecking on for a dream yeah well because maybe but there's aspects of wrecking on a dream that were really like this as far as like you know the one guy jared leto yeah shot needles up his arm and had his arm cut off you know like that was something that he talked about loosely is like you might have like an infection in your arm from you know shooting up in the same place so much yeah dude you need to watch uh into the void that's gasper no Let's find a book. Yeah, let's, let's find a book. Uh, no, you're fine. <laughs> I'm looking at the book. You find a book. Yeah, dude, watch that. So, I've got some homework to do. I have to watch Into the Void and Shane. <laughs> um, I'm a big fast bin. What's, let's pick a size. Let's pick a size for a book. So, uh, let's go. We can go big and then we can maybe do short stories next week. Okay. So, I'm going to go. I'm, I've got a bunch of books saved on my Goodreads profile, so I'm gonna, I, I'm going to source from there. Um, books that I haven't read. Um, you know what? I I have been wanting to read. It's called The Gentleman in Moscow. Have you heard of this book? No. Um, What's that Henry Cavill movie that kind of sounds like that title? The Gentleman in Moscow. I'll read you the quick synopsis on Amazon. Is it a foreign book? Uh, Armor Towels? I don't know. Um, but like this, this came up on a lot of lists a while ago. You don't give me that summary. You give me what you know of the book. What I know of the book is that it's like this guy's in Russia, communist Russia. Communist Russia. Yes, and he's like arrested. Mm-hmm. But they've like locked him into a hotel room, mm-hmm. so he the entire book's like him arrested from a hotel room and like all the little interactions he has with like the hotel staff, and like that's, it's like if you want to get political, we can go down that route, Bubba. Yeah, like well, we I can know, do it. I don't care. I'm not afraid. One okay? anecdote. Well, it came up. I'm not afraid to tell people <laughs> I, I want Putin to continue his reign. Okay, I live in a communist country. I have a Xi Jinping artwork in my bedroom. So, I'm not afraid. But yeah, I mean, we can do that. It came up on a lot of different. Uh, 480 pages probably be hard to do in a week, so maybe we could do some short stories yeah. next week. Yeah. So uh, I think that's that's what's on the docket. That's what's in the bullpen. You down then for a gentleman? I'm myself. down. Let's run it. That's what's on the docket. That's what's in the bullpen. We'll find some short stories that we'll bring to you next week. And yeah, so what would you give this rating for Junkie? Uh, three and a half syringes. Are we going syringes or what? Serifs? Syringes. Um, out of five, I, I don't know. I think that's harsh. I liked the book. I, I felt like most of the podcasts I'm saying I didn't like it. I really enjoyed it, but you know, there's, I don't know if it was the right time for me, like just to read the book. So. Mm-hmm. Those are that's a personal rating. Um, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it though. I think I would give it probably two drips out of five. Two morphine drips. <laughs> two morphine <laughs> drips out of five. And I think I think though, like, I don't think this book's necessary in a lot of ways, but I will say that if somebody has seen somebody deal with addiction, really bad hardcore junkie addiction, that they and they want to explore the psychology of what that person that they knew went th- went through. Read this book. Yeah, you might go through hell. You because it is a story that goes through hell, and you're gonna feel gross about it. But if you want to understand a little bit more about what the person like the experience of a junkie. Yeah, and I think that's what I was trying to like talk about earlier. Where it's like if you had no experience with this type of world, 
then this book would be kind of like a good snorkel into it. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, if you do have some experience with it, you're kind of just like, oh man, why, why this again? Yeah. You know, like, why am I going yeah. here? Why am I re-scratching the scab? Yeah, so like, yeah, that, yeah. I would agree with your, your assessment, good assessment. Well, cool, great. That's the end. We might be... Are you wrapping this up? Oh, yeah, we have, we have yeah, four we solid minutes. It's like three minutes and 15 seconds. That is true. And we also probably talked for about three minutes and 15 seconds. So it's been, it's been off a Off the recording. Um, yeah, we might be here next time. We might be over there. We might be, you know. So let's get some short stories for next week and a gentleman for, from Moscow. Cool, cool. This is, this is the Ladoo cast. Hope you enjoy. I'm on fire, and now I think I'm ready to bust a move. Check it out, I'm rocking steady to the beat in my head. Because of, oh, 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 I know that she's the only one. Oh, oh. We waste my time together, and because we could get down.